On the show today, I have Camden County head football coach Josh Blood. Coach, how are you? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for fitting some time in to talk to me. I know you're a busy man around this time of year. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So uh, before we get into the off-season review and a, a recap of today's first official practice for Camden, I wanted to ask you something. Do you okay. think Coach Blood is the scariest coaching name in high school football, and is that really your <laughs> real name? Yeah, I, I mean, I get a lot of looks about it when I uh, uh, when, when I introduce myself to kids. They think I'm a lot scarier than I actually am. I, I don't so if I ask for a birth certificate – if I asked for a birth certificate, it would say That's Josh right. Blood That's up right. there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Good first question. So, um, yeah, thanks, Coach. Uh, I wanted to ask how how did how was the uh, first official practice today? I know the weather was kind of something to deal with, and you had to go inside. But uh, how did you feel the first practice? I I I, I thought it went great. Um, anytime that we have to move a football practice inside, you're worried about the focus, and you know we didn't have to worry about that today, and a lot of that credit should go to the, to our, our seniors and juniors and the leadership on this team because I didn't even have to say it. We had a senior stand up today and say, there's no messing around in, when we're working out in the gym. There's no messing around. It's all focus. So uh, for us, it turned out good because we had that focus. Had good numbers. Um, like I, I said before, we, we uh, are bringing back the JV today. I'm sorry, this year. Uh, so having good numbers the first day was a, a big step towards that as well. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's exactly what, what I had kind of pegged next to talk about was um, when I walked in, I believe it was 47 that I counted, and I was wondering, were, were you pleased with the turnout today? Yeah, I was pleased with it. Again, we, we've got some kids who are on vacation still. Um, we've got some kids who um, who aren't, aren't allowed to come yet. But, you know, by the time it's all said and done, we should have – around 51 kids so uh and, and of course the first day starting that early you always have a couple kids who sleep in so uh you know we'll, we'll take it from there but we should by the time we we really get going have a little over 50 what's uh what's the split with that uh, do, you, do you have in your mind kind of how many kids you would keep for varsity versus jv or is that something that's still yet to be determined well i, I get made fun of by my assistant coaches because i make a lot of lists uh, so this this whole off season, I've been adding and subtracting names from my list, and um, seeing how many we're going to carry for varsity versus how many we'd carry for JV. Um, the, the honest truth is, we'll probably have 25, 26 for varsity, uh, and then about 25 for JV. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep it as even as possible um, because we we have an 11 game regular season schedule for varsity, but. This is also going to be the most games a JV get, uh, team has played for Camden. Uh, we have on the schedule a nine-game schedule, so you know we're gonna we're gonna have to keep it pretty even so that we can, you know, maintain our JV and varsity throughout the year. Yeah, you know, with uh, with having that many kids, uh, you know, I saw there's quite a few guys in there helping you today. Um, with the with regards to if you could let us know maybe who is the rest of the coaching staff, kind of give those guys a shout out. But then also, how do you plan on, you know, separating the coaching duties between the JVs and the varsity? Right. Um, we, we are going to end up with, I think, seven coaches. Um, Coach Thornton is, is 
our, our main guy. He's there for everything that I'm there with. Um, he works with the offensive and defensive line. Uh, Coach Midget is there. He's he's our defensive coordinator. Um, Jason Gwill is uh, our offensive coordinator. Uh, Victor Neal and Sean York both help out everywhere that we need them with a focus on uh, with Coach Neal, the line, and Coach York, linebackers. Um, so, I mean, we, we do have quite a bit of help. Uh, and, you know, they're greatly appreciated uh, for being there and getting up and, and doing this before they go to their real jobs. Um, and, but as far as the varsity versus JV, you know, everybody knows on the staff that we're helping with varsity. We're helping with JV. Uh, Jake Thornton's going to be the head coach for the JV team. Um, but we're going to have the same coaches for everything and divide our time. Uh, I know that there, there have been issues with JV in the past where, you know, varsity was over here doing their thing and we just throw JV on a, you know, on a crappy field and say, good luck. And that's, that's not really how I'm looking to build it. Um, try to stay together as much as possible. And that also helps us out. So we don't spread the coaches too thin. So, you know, if we're doing a defensive individual period, whether they're JV defensive backs or varsity defensive backs, they're working on the same skills. So as far as that's concerned, we, we really try to keep together, and that helps us with, with the coaching as well. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds like a good plan. Uh, let me follow up with that. In terms of, uh, like, an, give me an example, like uh, if it's a Thursday and varsity is practicing but JV is playing away, how would you handle that situation? Which coaches would go? Which, how, would that, how would that go okay. down? Uh, we end up on Thursday running a, a real quick practice. It's all – you know, running through the stuff that we've already done. It's normally in shells. Um, so by the time the JV bus would be leaving, we would send Coach Thornton and probably one or two other coaches on the bus with JV. Um, and the remaining coaches would finish out practice. And then everybody's jumping in a car and driving down to help coach. So, yeah, okay. some, sometimes that's going to be tough. I mean, we play Riverside, I think, week sure, six, yeah. and that's about an hour and a half away. Uh, so it's going to be tough sometimes, but we've, we've got coaches that are absolutely dedicated to making JV work. Um, because you know, we're in Camden, we're blessed with great kids, um, but sometimes not great numbers for football. Um, so having, you know, a, a small amount of kids and a small amount of coaches, uh, we, we still have to make that work by, by getting to those games. Okay, I got you. I'm sure your lists uh, come into play there. I'm, I'm curious, are you a post-it note guy, a dry erase board guy? When you say lists, or, or are you just I, jotting down stuff on uh, legal I, I'm good old-fashioned uh, a word. I've got, okay. I've got lists that okay. try to make me look like a crazy person that are highlighted in five or six different colors based on how likely they are to come out and play football. Um, you know, I, I've been working a lot this, this off-season trying to get – new kids in trying to get a multi-sport athletes to, to show up and, and work with us and maybe give football a try. Yeah. It, you got to have a lot of that crossover when you have a small school and a small pool that you're pulling for, from, I get that completely. Absolutely. Let me uh, follow up on something that you said earlier. Now I counted 13 seniors, I believe yep. it was that were there today. So you had a pretty good percentage of your mm -hmm. kids that were, were seniors. And you said one senior in particular, uh, stood up and said something. I'd like you to touch 
who that is, if you don't mind, in a second. But uh, just in general, who are your seniors that you think will shoulder kind of the leadership load going into this season? I mean, of those of those teams, I mean, I, I think that uh, uh, I, I think that I think nine of them are returning starters in some way or another. Um, so just, I mean, what I expect of them is, you know, we've got a lot of guys who are, who are good football players, hard workers, smart kids. They're not verbal about it, though. It's more of a watch what I'm doing and, and then do it. And they've been working, getting a little bit better on that. Um, of the kids that are returning, um, we've got a couple of linebackers, Luke Mills, Dylan Shaftnick, both returning, uh, starting linebackers for the entire season last year. Jared sure. Creech is a returning safety. He started a couple games at safety and wide receiver for us last year. Uh, Jarrett McFadden, two-way starter on the line. Chandler Osman. I mean, I, I could go on and on with this group. Uh, Isaiah Say, uh, starting linebacker and fullback. And I'm probably missing a whole bunch here. But uh, they, they've been – I mean, they've, they've upped it a notch this whole offseason with uh, the seniors trying to get everybody pumped up for the season. So, uh, uh, building on that about the off season for you, uh, I know you you did a couple things uh, with the kids during the off season. Would you mind touching on some of the the seven on sevens or or some of the camps or some of the things that you did with the kids? And then also at the end, if there was any individuals that you you saw really make big jumps and strides towards getting better in this off season, absolutely. Uh, we w- we went to a lot of seven on sevens, and, and sometimes. You know, whether it was at Northeastern, competing against Northeastern, you know, Hertford County, teams like that. Uh, we went to Chowan University, and the big men went to the big man camp and worked on linemen uh, stances and things of that sort. Uh, and then we were in a couple of seven-on-seven tournaments as well, one at Northeastern, one at Chowan. And, and to me, it was all about competition. You know, we, we put ourselves against some of the best schools in North Carolina and in Virginia, and, you know, these guys, these guys, every single moment they had to get better, they took it. Um, and, and, you know, as, as far as individuals are concerned, um, <laughs> I heard you had Jared on here. I listened to that one, Jared Creech. And um, he's talking about he, uh, he and Sam getting on the same page. You know, Sam is, is one, you know, a freshman quarterback last year, Sam Gwill. Um expect a lot of good things out of him but the first couple seven on sevens I swear to you he held on to the ball you know four seconds five seconds six seconds before getting rid of it and by the time we were done he was getting out of there in about two and a half seconds uh so he and he and Jared definitely came a long way um we were probably one of the only teams that were at those seven on sevens to bring as many freshmen as we did um so every single time we went we saw a huge growth uh, especially with our young guys. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. My, my next question was, uh, how, how is Sam Will looking? And uh, what do you think about Sam Will? So you're segueing me really well here, Coach. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but, you know, I, I know you, Sam, you had a, had a freshman year last year. I know it was a little bit, a little bit of a rough season mm-hmm. and had to be a lot of growing pains there for him. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on Sam's progression and how you're 
maybe not necessarily strategically looking to use him, but just kind of the characteristics of Sam and maybe what you like about him as a quarterback? Well, I hope Sam doesn't listen to this because you know, I don't want to say things that, that I think are good about him. But, you know, uh, <laughs> hey, as a freshman as a freshman quarterback, we asked a lot out of him. Um, and, you know, he, he showed up, uh, took a lot of hits last year. Our, our line was, was pretty good throughout the year, but we were down a lot, which means we had to throw the ball. Uh, and we put him in some tough situations, and he always bounced back. And that's, I guess, the first thing I can think of that we like about Sam is, he, he doesn't give up. I mean, there, there are some tough times that we had last year. Um, and through those tough times, I said, well, let's continue passing the ball, get him some experience. And um, a lot of his stats, I mean, he threw a, threw a lot of touchdown passes, threw a lot of interceptions, and, uh, you know, we learned from it. Overall, he did, I did. And, um, you know, we've just, from day one, he has been getting better and better all the time. You know, he doesn't have spare time. When he has spare time, he goes and throws it home pretty much. So he's dedicated to getting better. Um, one thing especially we've been trying to work on is, is his movement in the pocket um, because last year there were some occasions where he would trip himself up, sack himself. Uh, that and getting the ball out. You know, I, I talked about it at the seven-on-sevens. You've got to be able to immediately know where your first target is going to be. And he's gotten considerably better at that in the last couple of weeks, especially. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, to me, in my limited football capacity, in my observation watching you at Chowan, uh, his footwork wasn't necessarily a concern to me, but stepping up in the pocket to drive the ball downfield was <laughs> a, a little bit. And, and I have to think some of that has to do with how his year went last year and probably having to throw off his back foot more than he would want to. But, you know, what 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 can you do uh, with Sam to where he can step up and drive the ball downfield and give us those home run chances from time to time? Well, so it's something that we've started working on him a lot more with is, like you said, we, we can't throw off our back foot. You know, especially uh, we play some great competition during the season, and there are some defensive backs that are going to jump on those balls that, that are, you know, left up there. So for us, it's it's something getting him into a routine. If you're throwing it to the left, it's the same 18-inch step forward, strong, and throw the ball. If you're running to the to the right, you need to stop, set your feet, throw the ball. So a lot of it is just, just breaking some of that backyard football style where, hey, somebody's open for a second. I'm going to throw off my back foot while falling sideways um, just to get him into better position. So talk, you know, just showing him that routine that no matter where that throw is going, you're stepping forward with you know with a strong step never off your back foot um another thing we've been doing lately and this did help him a lot with with picking his targets we'd have him facing the opposite direction as his as his receivers and he'd jump turn around and whichever receiver was holding up the number that we told him to look for he'd throw it to that receiver you know so just you know last year when we came in you know i was a late hire and, and we're just trying to get our offense in, get our defense in. And we didn't spend a lot of time with fundamentals. Um, sure, yeah. Like I said, as a, as a coaching staff, we did a terrible job last year with teaching fundamentals. Um, so this year we've, we've slowed it down a lot to where we can teach those exact things that we want to do, whether it's with Sam or, or anybody else. 
Um, so just reworking on the fundamentals, him knowing it's a, it's an 18-inch step and not throwing off your back foot. Sure. Uh, yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense, man. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Sam and his progression, and, uh, and he, he's probably the next guy I really want to talk to before the season gets going just to kind of pick his brain and kind of see what his personality is all about. But, um, you know, it, it kind of leads to the next thing, which is I'm curious, without giving anything away strategically, are there going to be drastic changes formation-wise this year uh, versus last on the offensive and defensive side of the ball? Absolutely. Uh, we, we completely changed the defensive scheme. Um, it's not going to be a secret. We're going to run a, a 4 2 uh, which is just really a modified 4-4 that we ran last year. Um, we've put a lot of emphasis on having kind of this, this hybrid player uh, that we call our weak side safety or strong side safety. And um, pretty much it's a mix between your normal free safety and an outside linebacker. Um, so, you know, our strategy has been move your speed up. So the kids that used to be corners are now moving to safety, safety to middle or to outside backer, outside back, middle backer. Um, so pretty much we're, we're trying to get a faster defense on the field and play to some of the strengths that we might have. Um, and then defense, or I'm sorry, offensively, uh, we were all over the place last year. You know, we started with trying to spread it out a little bit against some teams. And then we reverted to the only thing that really worked for us, which was running out of the I formation last year. Um, I looked at what teams are successful in the state of North Carolina, you know, talked and called some of their head coaches just to ask about it. Um, we're going to run some, some formations that probably aren't seen around here very much. Um, one of those is going to be the double wing, which is, you know, you see it sometimes, but not a whole lot. And the other one is, is the straight T which we're kind of stealing from Tarboro, who's had a ridiculous amount of success with it. Um, so, yeah, the, the offense and defense are both going to look really different. And uh, I've appreciated having a full offseason to uh, teach the kids about it. You know, so last year at this point, we hadn't even run a play yet. Uh, this morning I went over, you know, our base offense in two different formations, and there wasn't a single question asked. So we're, we're way ahead of where we were last year at this point. Well, that's great. Uh, that, that's great to hear. That makes me excited to see a couple of follow-ups on one on defense and one on offense. Uh, when you talk about that, uh, that position player that can kind of be moved around a little bit from safety to corner slash outside linebacker, is that more um, a formation deal or do you have a specific person peg to play that role? Um, one of the people uh, is, is Luke Mills. I mean, he's just a kid. That you can yeah. put anywhere. I mean, I mean, he is kind of your, you know, the. I guess he's the poster child for for one A football. Um, at one point last year, he started at center. The next game, he started at guard. He started a game at tackle, tight end, fullback, running back, um, and just as many positions on defense. Uh, he's pretty much a kid that if we put him somewhere, he's going to get the job done. Um, so he's definitely slated for one of those positions. Uh, the thing about it, though, is it, it does make it easy to switch coverages. So pretty much if we go cover two, that's immediately the guy who's backing up, your weak side safety. Um, last year, we played exclusively cover one, you know, just, just tried to get away with playing man in a, in a cover man over. And it didn't turn out real great for us. Um, and, and this year, we're just trying to, 
put a put a bunch of different coverages in and, and see how it works. Yeah, I know if I'm throwing the ball, I love that single high yeah. safety. That's my thing. Uh, I love it. I love trying to attack that. But you know, Luke is Luke is my. I have to say, I, I don't want to have favorites, but on the defensive side of the ball, Luke is the guy that demands my attention in terms of watching most from the little bit I've seen. I really like what I see out of him. He seems like a hard worker, a kid that's not scared to go hit you. But he also seems athletic enough to make some some of the extra plays that you're going to have to make in, in big times during the game. So on on offense, I want to I want to ask you. Uh, uh, I saw a formation in seven on seven. I saw it a little bit today. Um, and I, I'm not sure if this is the straight T that you're talking about, but the one where you have three backs uh, lined up side by side. What what formation is? Yeah, that? that's that's the straight T. Um... We also call it a power tee because we're going to have uh, two tight ends in that formation as well. Uh, like I said, this this is one – it's kind of an old-school football formation, and, and with everybody wanting to go to the spread now, it's it's a formation that's been forgotten a little bit. Um, but if you look at the teams that are perennial, you know, almost state champions or state champions, that's, a, that's what they're running. I watched uh, Tarboro – when they played Edenton, a team that just obliterated us this year. Um, they ran it, and Edenton was trying to catch their breath, finding out who has the ball. Um, so, you know, we, we might not have all the athletes that Tarboro does, but it, it gives you, you know, an opportunity to, you know, have numbers to one side or the other. We could, we could very easily send um, two lead blockers on a sweep. We could very easily fake to every kid and quarterback sweep out the opposite way. So it just gives the defense a little bit more to worry about in that situation um, and, and maybe gives us an extra half second of hesitation by the defense, uh, which turns maybe a three-yard run into a 10-yard run, which is, is what we're looking for at this point. When I was in high school, uh, my junior and senior year, I didn't play, but my junior and senior year, um, we had a lot of athletes, and we were ranked number one going into the playoffs. And we always ran up against teams that ran the wing tee. I believe it was North Edgecombe and South Robeson, most notably the teams that, that kicked us out of the playoffs uh, three of the four years while I was in high school. But it, does the straight tee provide the same kind of fakes in the backfield and misdirection that can really get you going downhill um, as much as the wing tee does? Yeah, I mean, it's from a different look. So if, if you're in that double wing, you know, you've got guys moving all the way across the field. And sometimes as a player, it's difficult to know when your motion is or which way you're going. The straight tee kind of simplifies that a little bit. Um, so, so it, you know, it's not nearly as complicated or motions or anything like that. Uh, the look that we like is is imagining that you're a linebacker on the other side. You have certain keys that you're supposed to follow. But that all gets changed up after, you know, you see two fakes in front of you and you don't know where the ball is. So right. you're a linebacker. You have to see through your defensive line, through the offensive line, and then figure out who has the ball. So, you know, like I said, we're, we're trying to – to work on that you may have seen today i was working on seeing how close the kids could could come to each other without running into each other you know because the closer those fakes are the harder it is for the linebackers to distinguish who has the ball right right 
Okay, hey, Coach, uh, uh, this is my last question for you, man. So uh, in just a general sense, and you've already touched on it quite a bit, but um, after a tough season last year, and I know you kind of said you took the job late and that kind of made things tough to focus on the fundamentals, but after the tough season last year, how do you create a winning culture and environment um, for Camden going forward with something that we can build off of and get excited about? I think the key is is keep building from our, for our JV. Like, I, I went down to the middle school just about every month the last four months of school because I wanted to get support. I mean, and just finding that excitement for it. Um, but the key to that is the kids who show up and work will win the will win the jobs pretty much when the season starts. These are kids who have been working their butts off all spring and summer. So if we show people that coming to to those summer workouts that that matters, more kids will buy in. And I think that's a huge part um, is, is trying to get kids to buy in and understand the importance of those off season workouts. Um, as far as building the, the culture, though. A big thing that I've been preaching all summer and all spring is a family. Because I'd be one of the first, one of the first people to say, you know, we didn't have that family atmosphere last year. You know, it was a whole bunch of me's instead of a whole bunch of we's. And and that's the coach's fault. That's my fault um, for, for not instilling that enough. And, you know, these kids know every single day at the end of practice, we talk about family. We talk about taking care of each other. So if you build that that culture where, you know, you care deeply about how, how your friends, how your teammates are going to work, then I, th- I think the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for your time, man. Like I said, I know you're – I know you're busy now getting going with the season. I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking some Camden football uh, with us. And uh, as soon as I can, I'm going to try and get this posted on the Facebook page so people can start listening a little bit more of the one-on-one interviews and follow Camden football for the people that are interested. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, man. Hey, good luck, Coach, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.